Hi and welcome to Schofield's Flowers, the home of Schof on Schof. I'm Steve Schofield. I'm Chris Fratterigo. People call me Fratty. Yep. I'm Tommy Hartney. No, the Tommy, Tommy, no, you're a PA. Get back. Get back. <laughs> our PA always trying to seal the show. And uh, during our shows, we're going to be talking about true crime, lifestyle, and sports. More likely some hockey, though. Always hockey. So enjoy the show. And away we go. And gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to Schofield's Flowers Podcast, home of Scope on Scope. All right. So, Fratty, whiskey. Love it. <laughs> I know you do. What, what, what more needs <laughs> to be said? I know. The last two episodes we had... Uh, Couple little uh, IPAs. We had uh, IPA and a stout, right? Which I know you're you're a fan of the stout, being the yeah, the drunken yeah. Irish you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, I am. And I just got back from Ireland, so I had a fantastic time. And a, stouts there were like, I mean, like they came right out of a cow or something. I wish you would have stayed a little longer, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah my beer would have been longer by that time. What uh, what's your, your you know whiskey of choice? Well, I happen to just have a whiskey sitting here that I thought I'd uh, you know bring it up. I love the Glen Levitt. Twelve. You know, so. I think your uh, your homeland would disown you if you didn't have whiskey on yeah, hand. Yeah, I'm gonna give you with the gold rim because I'm gonna treat you like gold today, and I'm gonna we're gonna taste it and tell All me right. what you like. All right. I mean, it's uh, I guess I'm old school, you know, so I like to um, you know, see what I uh, I don't. Once I get into a you know a certain whiskey, I or a scotch or you know whatever it might be, I seem to always stick with it. I'm the same way. I recently discovered this one brand, though, called High West. It's out of yeah, Utah. I've heard of it, and I've um, actually had some of it. And uh, I was at a, a, a bar in um, Echo Park area, right. Silver Lake. Well, I don't know exactly where it was, but uh, Bigfoot. Yep. It's probably the 1933 group that does all this Prohibition-era style uh, bars here in L.A., and I asked the bartender, you know, when you're in a place like that, you don't just get a, a Jack and Coke. I mean, I right. don't like Jack and Cokes in general because I want to taste my whiskeys. But, you know, I'm looking at the menu. I go, okay, I'm feeling like, you know, I'm a, I'm a rugged guy. I want, yep. I want yep. a, a mountain whiskey. And, I, yep. you know, I go, hey, I want, to, I want to sip on something, something on the rocks. And he recommended me um, this one that is called Campfire. And the reason he recommended me is because it actually has a scotch in it. Oh, wow. But it's the world's it. only um, scotch, rye, mm-hmm. and bourbon blend so it has a little bit of those other american characteristics of of whiskeys that i typically drink but it has that scotch in it so it's smoky and you can sip on it and uh since then i've been uh, a big fan of their products oh that's fantastic you know i um again i started with doers actually um and i i just you know it took a bit of while to get away from it i don't like the smokies i like you know more of a a sweeter taste and to me that was doers like a vanilla (laughs) <laughs> not that sweet, <laughs> but it was sweet, sweet enough for me, I guess, you know, since, uh, I, I don't have enough sweetness in me. Is that right? the same way you like your women? Yeah. Yes. I like them sweet. Thank you. Sorry, honey. Um, <laughs> but she is a sweet girl. I've been with her long enough. So, but let's try this, uh, and let's see what your thoughts are because, Cheers. uh, have you had uh, this a lot? I, know. I haven't. Another thing is I'm not into, you know, taking a shot or anything. Right. This is sipping, sipping, right? So we'll sip it for the next 30 minutes. I love that. That's good. 
I love that. You know, it's not too um, it's not too smoky at all. No. And it's more sweet. And like is the this newers. a Scotch or an Irish whiskey? Yep. Yeah, Scotch whiskey and uh, single malt and uh, yeah. So yeah, I love it. That's great. Yeah. You know where I also really enjoy, uh, you know, just a nice classic cocktail is sitting, you know, at a casino table in Vegas. Oh, I, and I know we talk about Vegas a lot, obviously, because there's uh, a tie with mobsters and yep, gangsters there. Yep. Uh, also, because we're hockey guys and, yep. you know, the NHL is going there. Um, and, and, you, and you stumped me the last time. I stumped week. you last time. So, you, <laughs> so like, have you done your homework? Yeah, I have done my homework. So tell and, me, Flamingo, <laughs> Flamingo Hotel, is it still there? It is, and it's been around for 70 years. And, is that uh, about as long as you've been around? Uh, just a little shy. Okay. Right? So, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, a much bigger flamingo than I said that maybe they did back in the day by planting that flamingo that you'd have in your front yard. Yep. But, uh, you know, I just, uh, I fell in love with just doing some research, right? And uh, you know what? Since the nights and we talked about hockey are going to be there, I just booked this at the Flamingo Hotel. There we go. And uh, I can't even wait. Now, they're, they just got bought up uh, in 2015 by Hares, mm-hmm. which then later became uh, Caesars uh, Entertainment. Okay. And uh, they're going to be doing a, a $90 million revamp on that hotel. Can they lend me $1 million? They won't even notice. <laughs> they won't. Not if you were hanging out with Bugsy <laughs> Siegel back in the day, they would. But uh, Meyer Lansky probably could have helped you skim a little bit off the top, and they would have never noticed. But uh, but then you gotta you got to pay it back, and I don't want to yeah, 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 uh, yeah, have a, a yeah. service by your, yeah. your family there. No, the service would cost <laughs> you dearly. So uh, I'm excited, though, about it. I mean, again, here we are talking about, you know, uh, going to Vegas, going to a hockey game, and... Uh, uh, you know, and then, you know, there's the food, the, the food in Vegas lately has just been amazing. I think there's, uh, you know, some of the top chefs in the world are there right now. And uh, I just, I just love it. You know, I, I got to a point where I loved it when I was younger. Then all of a sudden, I'm not a gambler, unfortunately, you know, and I wish I was, you know, but I probably. What I, would be your game? What, what do you like? I like craps. Okay. You know, but I just not a numbers guy. Right. I know how to add up a commission in my head and things <laughs> like that, you know, but I do love craps and I like roulette and uh, I'm roulette's not a, car- a fun I'm, one. Yeah, I'm not a card guy or whatever. But I mean I do enjoy like we talked about the Magic Castle and I right. do enjoy, you know, the magic shows, you know, and different shows. So I mean there's just so many things now in Vegas to do as yeah. a as a family. Well, not as a family as much as it is for young couples. Right, you know, and a, old couples too. Yes, yeah. I, I like roulette. Um, last time I was there, I was playing a little bit. Walked out, you know, 150 bucks heavier. Um, nice, you nice know, I'm, for I'm conservative change. on yep. my. I took yep. 100 bucks out and played a little bit and walked away with 150 more. Wow. Um, but you know, I'm a I'm a Texas Hold'em kind of guy. Uh-huh. I like the, I like the showmanship, the gamemanship of it, where. Yep. I can bluff you. I could yep. have absolutely, you know, dog cards. And if I convince you I have something good by the way my actions are, yep. um, sometimes giving them signals where I'm acting, you know, one way or the other yep. and uh, reading people, which I think why well, I'm in sales because yep. you're reading people, yep. you're, you're giving them clues and, and playing a little bit of a song and dance for them. Um, so, I, you know, you'll find me at those tables there. Um, but, you know, there's some shows that are, are just phenomenal, oh. you know, that I've been wanting to go to. Um, I'm a big music person. Beatles were something I grew up listening yep. to. Yep. And uh, they have the Cirque du Soleil Beatles. Yep. I think it's called Love yep. um, that I've been always wanting to go to. So hopefully uh, we can score a couple tickets and go see that while we're there. 
That'd be great. I mean, I, I recently was uh, in Vegas, and uh, I have to tell you, they happened to be um, the, um, they had the porn awards there. <laughs> I'm sure you were there for that. <laughs> yes, and uh, that was a pretty funny get-together, going to that. Um, and I, um, I got invited to a, um, um, a, uh, a white party. And uh, I have very little white whatsoever. And uh, we went into except the for your skin. Yeah, except for my skin, that Irish skin. A little skin. pasty. Yeah, <laughs> a little pasty. And that was quite the trip. It was held at the Hard Rock, and uh, I had, you know, we, I mean, of course, you're just having a good laugh, right? I mean, you've saw, I, we saw every type of uh, character in the place, right? And uh, so uh, we got invited to a white party, and everybody that was in white was a porn star. And uh, it was, uh, you know, I was in black, of course, so, you know. Good guys wear black. Is that <laughs> yeah. Johnny Cash said? <laughs> exactly. So, um, but a great time and a lot of laughs. And uh, that's another one of my favorite hotels is the, actually the, the Hard Rock. I like the youth there and I like uh, the music. And, uh, you know, we went out dancing that night. And, and that's just off had the great... strip, right? Yeah, it's off the strip. Yep. Saves you a few bucks. Saved but it's still it. yep. a great hotel. I remember being there for a roller hockey tournament uh -huh. that we had out in Vegas when I was younger. And kind of same thing you were saying is when I was younger, Vegas always sounded like you know, the oohs and ahs, the lights and this, but there's really not too much you can do as a kid. We went to New York, New York yep. and played in the arcade yep. and, you know, things like there. But, you know, as I got older, you know, being able to gamble or go to the clubs, you know, which I'm, I'm not much of a, a clubber personally, right. but, right. you know, when, when in Rome, um, but there's so much other stuff to do. There's the spas, the shows, but yeah. you need to really be an adult to enjoy them. So uh, I appreciate you uh, splurging there and getting us the yep. the hotel. And, and obviously, I'll uh, repay it with a few pops while we're there. All right. I, you promise? I promise. Yeah, and I'll try that new uh, whiskey you just mentioned. So We'll probably you know, bring a few with us. I, I, I would imagine we will. So, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, we seem to always, it's crazy. We go to Vegas, and we, I mean, we talk about Vegas almost on mm -hmm. Uh, the, every episode so far and uh you know hockey comes up again and what about the olympics huh yeah no that's crazy i mean I, I i'm torn between the two you know obviously the best on best is what the olympics have, has been about and, yep. and that's the nhl yeah um but obviously this year the nhlers aren't going to the olympics yep and while the na the olympics used to be about the best amateurs yep. it really changed into being the just the best it didn't yep. matter if you're amateur or professional and I think the the lines of amateur and professional with sponsorships and that's all blurred at this point anyway. Yeah, yeah. So and I th think the, and I think the owners were hurting too. You know, you're taking away the revenue from the owners and things like that, interrupting in the season. Player gets injured going over to you know playing the Olympics, and then you've got a problem right. with a guy that's like you know making sixty seventy million dollars. You know, in right? A eight, but ten year we talked contract. about develop or you know growing the game. Vegas, yep. you yep. know, is going to grow their sport, you know, the, the game of hockey in Nevada, in mm -hmm. that region, you know, hockey in California has grown, as yep. we talked about before, to where there's, you know, draft picks. Same with Phoenix. Well, what better way to showcase the game of hockey than the Olympics yep. when countries that, you know, don't have hockey programs yep. can see it. I mean, I got into hockey from the 88 Olympics yep. when I was three years old. They were in Calgary. Yep. I had no idea what hockey was. My family didn't follow hockey. No one in my family played hockey, but somehow seeing it on there, I was drawn to it. So we would watch hockey. Then the Mighty Ducks movies came out. Yep. And I again, I was drawn to hockey. And then the Ducks got a team, and I go, Dad, I want to play hockey. So yeah. I stopped playing baseball yeah. to play hockey. And 
you know, dedicated my life, you know, to some degree where every yeah. day I was out on, in the blacktop shooting pucks yeah. or playing, yeah, or playing you know, roller hockey, you yep. know, some of the best scores. Somebody told me, how, how do you think I should learn how to score? And I said, well, every coach would probably tell you not to play roller hockey, but I would tell you to play roller hockey because you know what, if you do your hands, because the way you're moving that ball yep. and some of the best kids that I ever saw scoring and even skating, like they'd only have, my kids started at three, four years old. And there are other kids that I saw that started at 13 and 14 while I was coaching and they had hands on them and their skating was so, so, but their hands and their goal scoring was unbelievable. So, yep. and you can teach yeah. skating. You can't teach goal scoring. No, you can't, you know? So, I and think I mean, I'm excited. Gonna... No, I'm excited too. You know, I mean, I think it's going to give these, uh, you know, college players an opportunity, which to... is exciting in its own self, you know, college players. I played college hockey, but you know, there's never that, you know, to get to the NHL is, is so tough in itself, yeah. but then to get to the Olympics, that's the cream of the crop yeah. typically. So yeah. here's an opportunity for, you know, some guys that are fringe players, you know, maybe yeah. some top collegiate players who may not have a career going towards the NHL, but they're still some of the best within what they're doing and they have a chance now to play, or maybe there's some aging players who are over in Europe yep. playing yep. that will now get to go and they can represent their country. And in Canada, a lot of people argue that a gold medal is better than the Stanley Cup. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I mean, when I grew up, you know, I watched them win the 80s, you know, the Miracle on Ice. And uh, actually, I think I mentioned it before, my buddy Doug Olson was a, uh, uh, he didn't get the chance to actually play on the 80 team, but he was an alternate. I think wow. it was like number four or five. So if somebody got sick, the flu or, you know, whatever. But I mean, he was uh, right down to the, the wire. Uh, training with Herb Brooks, who I actually had the opportunity to meet while I was at a USHL game years ago. And, uh, you know, when he walked in the room, he was an icon. So uh, what hockey, what the 80s in hockey and the Olympics and Miracle on Ice did for us is um, going to give us another shot at it again with these kids being able to play. So I'm yeah. excited for it. No, and I actually got the chance to skate on the 80 Olympic ice in Placid oh. uh, freshman year of college. And I got to admit, I mean, outside of playing in a, in a professional game, yep. that probably was my you know, biggest memory of, of where I got to play. I think it's playing professionally, yep. first time I stepped on the ice, um, being able to play in the NHL ice rink yeah. and, and being and on the ADI ice you, rink. You feel like you're like in the Olympics when you're there. I know because I've been there. Yep. Steph and my son got the opportunity to play there like in a midget tournament. And uh, we were just... Um, blown away I, I i am to this day i walking in that ice and seeing you know the the flags and the you know the 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 trophies and everything in lake placid which is a great little town i mean absolutely beautiful i was just breathtaking you know because i'm a history guy and you know same you, you know and when it comes to sports you're going to see the stanley cup in toronto you know at the um at the um uh, hall of fame or, uh, you know, going to, like I discussed the other day, you know, our last episode, going to the um, a museum, the Mob Museum is just uh, wonderful. And, uh, you know, um, I, I'm looking forward to watching the Olympics with these uh, guys and whether they win or lose. I mean, you know, whatever happens, it's a, it's a showcase for these fantastic uh, individuals that are coming up in the game. So funny story, Scope, you mentioned the, the Hall of Fame. So when I was in middle school, I convinced my mom, as they were making a trip to Pittsburgh to see some of her family members, to take me along with her. Wow. And so once I was already on the flight going to it, I said, you know, not being, you know, too old and not knowing 
geography or distance very well. I go, mom, we're not too far from the Hockey Hall of Fame. We're so close. We're on the East Coast. We could easily go to Toronto and see it. And uh, being persuasive enough, I guess maybe that's one sign why I'm in sales, um, convinced her to make the drive from Pittsburgh to Toronto so I could go to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, wow. And uh, two days later of uh, all day driving, we make it to Toronto and it turns out it's Canada Day. So the place is just packed in Toronto. It's hard getting anywhere around, but they're Canadians. It's Toronto. Everyone's so nice, so friendly. So they help us. We get to Toronto and I get to go. So that was the first time I got to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame was when I was you know, in my uh, middle school years, convincing my mom on her vacation to see family members to drive two days, you know, one in one direction and two days back to take me to the Hall of Fame. But, you know, I definitely appreciate it. And I had a great time. I've since been three or four more times. Um, and I actually got to go to the mini museum when the mm-hmm. All-Star game was here in L.A. just yeah, last I was, season. I was just going to mention that. What a fantastic, I mean, seeing the, con- you know, I, I, I like the way they actually had it. it was a you know, they had that, that trophy up in the in its own area for, uh, you know, you had to stand in line quite a long time, but, you know, uh, you're, you're going there to take your picture with the Stanley Cup. But then around that whole area, seeing the Conn Smythe and all the different trophies that players get for, you know, winning uh, the Norris Trophy, you know, the Conn Smythe for all the different uh, accomplishments from uh, top defenseman to top forward to top scorer in the league. It was just fantastic. And I think it was a great education for, um, for kids, you know, in the Los Angeles area. And, you know, it was great to see, you know, the L.A. Kings, although they didn't have a, the greatest season last year, and I've become a big Kings fan and Kings season uh, ticket holder and everything, um, it was just great for the state of uh, California and for the city of Los Angeles. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and you mentioned it. We're, we're kind of history buffs. Yep. And, you know, we like to talk history on the show, uh, on the podcast here. We also yep. like to talk a little bit about gangsters, mob, true crime. Yep. Uh, what do you got for us today? Well, um, for um, the true crime area, you know, I actually sort of, fl- I wanted to flip it over to a, uh, I had just been reading a new book that I am just in love with. It's uh, called uh, No Hell's Angels, No Angels, but it's really about the Hell's Angels. And uh, it's about the um, FBI and the ATF, uh, um, you know, circling the, uh, and, you know, about a couple agents that are uh, actually become Hell's Angels. And uh, it's about uh, what's going on with uh, all the drug running and, uh, you know, uh, the um, gangland wars between the two, between the Mongos. And, you know, uh, it's, a, it's an amazing book. I got to tell you, it, it puts you right into it. You know, um, I, um, um, as much as I'm a history guy, that is the history. I mean, you see the Hells Angels out here in Los Angeles. You know, they're one, they got chapters all over. I think they got 36 chapters in the United States, and let alone the chapters that they have in Germany and everything else. So, uh, although I've actually, because I do ride motorcycles, I've been yeah. on a Hells Angel um, um, run with them on a uh, Christmas uh, toy run. And <laughs> interesting. <laughs> interesting. So, uh, you're required to um, show up with a toy. And uh, the location that you're given to show up to is a strip bar. And so um, you're given, you walk into the strip bar in a, like a smaller, like cheesy strip bar in a, you know, in like, uh, you know, someplace just in the valley in southern, you know, in the San Fernando Valley. So I'm with a bunch of my buddies and I'm like, yeah, it'll be cool, man. Let's go do it. So I go in there, I show up 
and uh, I'm with my buddy, and he, he, he definitely looks like he's in the Hells Angels. And, you know, and I, I had just gotten my big Harley, and I was just getting used to it and everything. So, you know, I was all excited, right? So I get in there. The oldest guy there, his name is Tiny or, you know, something like that. And he's, you know, got the cane, and he's got a white beard down at his chest. And, and you know, my buddy says, you know, it's 20 I go, how much is it? He goes, it's $20, and he's going to give you an envelope. And in that envelope, they're going to give you is, uh, you know, it's a five-card, you know, stud. And you're going to, you know, put a clip into it and, you know, and, like, cut through it. And then at the end of it, you, at the, when you go to the Hells Angels uh, clubhouse, they're going to then open up the envelopes. And when they do, they're going to bring out the winner. And the winner would get a new motorcycle by, wow. Harley, by Harley Davidson. A little blood money on that motorcycle, you think? <laughs> I would think so, you know, because I, I wait till I tell you about that. So I wind up getting the, my envelope from Tiny. I give him my 20 bucks, and, uh, you know, I go over to my buddy John, and he goes, so what, um, what, uh, what'd you get? And I go, oh, I don't know. And he goes, well, check. And I'm like, I open up the envelope, and it says, do not open. <laughs> I mean, in huge red letters, right, that they had written on it. And I go, you fucker, you, you, you fucking knew I was going to open it, right? Because I'm so excited, right? So now I got to go back to talk to Tiny and say, Tiny, I screwed up and I opened up my, you know, my, my letter, my uh, envelope here. And he looks at, so I do that and I walk over and John's just cracking up. I walk over and I go, tell Tiny I screwed up. And he goes, what the hell did you do that for? It, can it be big enough? And I'm like, Tiny. I was, uh, you know, I uh, was a dreamer in school, and, uh, you know, therefore, I'm still dreaming of winning that money and that motorcycle that you're putting out, so I was just anxious to open up that envelope, and he gave me the next envelope, and he says, don't you dare open that thing again, or it'll cost you 50 bucks, so we wind up, you know, going to all the different strip joints, and then we wind up going to the Hells Angels, uh, you know, um, house, you know, the hell house, right? And I walk in, you pull up, you got to go down this long driveway, and they got the angel of death carved in wood, and in, this, in the back it says Hell's Angel San Fernando. And I'm just like, oh my God, what the hell? This is crazy. We pull in, you got to turn in your envelope. Of course, there's Tiny looking at me like, did you open up that envelope? I'll kill you. Yeah, I go, no. So now I go into the house of hell, right? And I, I, I go in there, and there's the, there's the hell, there's the wall of fame, they called it the, the, uh, not the hell of fame, but the wall of hell. The wall of hell. And there's guys, pictures all over the thing. And there are guys that are actually in the joint, right? Doing time or guys that have been killed. Because they're one percenters, right? They're one percenters, that's correct. So I take out my iPhone and I start to take a picture. Oh, geez. I know where this is going. <laughs> Who do you think was standing behind me? Tiny. Exactly. He's like, what the hell are you doing? Give me your phone. He grabs my phone and he's like, you know. He deletes everything, and I'm like, I'm leaving the place eventually after a couple beers. And, and let me tell you, you didn't want to go in the backyard. They had like three Dobermans. They had pit bulls running around. You're like, I think I'll take a break. And, you know, I think it's time to go, John. And, you know, so we leave. And uh, before I left, Tiny says, hey, get over here, kid. And I went over there, and he goes, give me a hug. I love you already. You know, give me a noogie, and I was out the door. That's awesome. Now, I know you're, you're part of a, a motorcycle club, but it's different right yeah 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 we're called well i'm involved with two clubs okay and you have to have a british bike i mean or at least you're supposed to so i'm in a group called the 59 club right and uh they were formed out of uh you know out of uh, london 
and uh, by a, um, um, by a, actually a priest that, you know, wanted to get, because back then it was greasers, you know, all the kids were greasers, and then they had, so they had the, they were considered rockers, and then you had the mods, right, and they would ride their Vespas, and they, the girls would all be dressed up, and the guys would all be dressed up in their little bow ties, so um, the 59 Club is fantastic, I ride with them all the time, and then uh, uh, I, and I have a triumph, and pretty much everybody in that group, had, well, no, we got a couple guys that have Hondas and things like that. Yeah, and, and it's 59 Club, because it was started in 1959. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't take a genius to figure no, no, that no, no, out. No, no, <laughs> no, and it's, it's got over 40,000 members. Worldwide? Worldwide. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if I want to go to London or I want to go to Scotland or I want to go anywhere in the United States, you know, overseas, wherever, there's going to be a member there, and I can go on to our worldwide blog and just say, hey, guys, I'm going to be in town. And, uh, you know, I'd love to, uh, you know, and right away somebody will say, what do you need, bro? i got a motorcycle. Yeah. What do you need? i got the helmet. The, what size, you know, your shoe you wear, whatever you need. They'll give you the, you know, the clothes off their back. So, and then I also belong to the Brit Iron Rebels. And they have about, uh, I think I'm number 410 on the membership. And they've probably got about 500. Couldn't members. wait 10 more? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So um, the Britain Rebels, they're, they're, you know, they're great. They're, uh, that's the first group I joined. And again, they're pretty much all, you know, Nortons and, you know, and uh, yeah, Triumphs and different, you know, British bikes. So um, great guys. When I met them, I met them over at the Hanson Dan for the Norton uh, get together and uh, you know how do you tell a Norton between uh, you know a Triumph and a Honda or any other bike? You just look below and you look for the oil flowing. You know, so I mean they're great for they're great looking bikes, but they definitely have some oil spills on them. So um, I um, I went over there and I got to see you know all these different people and they had all these different like you know like designated camp areas where people are just hanging out with their groups and everything. Fifty nine Club and you know and I didn't know too many from there, but I walked over and I knew one guy over in the Brit Iron Rebels and I was like. Dude, I love what's going on here. They were all dressed like greasers. They were all wow. dressed. Oh, it was great. You, you would know? love it. Oh, I was in love, you know? Studded jackets and, you know, they had the, the you know, skinny jeans tucked into boots with the white socks, like, looked like motorcycle cops, you know? And uh, I was like, I don't know who you guys are, but I want to ride with you and I want to become a member. So you got to do a year, you know, if not, like the hell's Time? Angel. Now, <laughs> with the Hells Angels, it would probably be a year of time. But with the Britiron Rebels and with the 59 Club, it would be more like, uh, you know, like you just got to be able to ride. And they want you to be around. You're going to be with us, you got to ride, period. No, that's awesome. And I know, you know, you talk about the Angels Club and all that they do. A different kind of club that I'm a big fan of are comedy clubs. I love yep. seeing live comedy. Um, I, you know, being here in LA, there's three or four and on any given night on a Tuesday night, the top performers in the country could be all doing 15, 20 minutes. there, just working on new material. So we're in a kind of a Mecca of it. Um, but I recently actually went down to uh, Brea Improv. Oh, wow. I saw Burt Kreischer. He has a podcast himself called The Burt Cast that, nice. that I'm a big fan of. And, yep. and listen, um, but the funny thing is, is every time he gets on stage, he takes his shirt off. <laughs> and so we're sitting there and uh, we're the early show, mind you. Um, so it's only like 730 and uh, as soon as he takes his shirt off, about three guys in the crowd also take their shirt off. And oh, one of them's right hilarious. in front of that's us. That's funny. Yeah. So, uh, and the girls, kinda, are, the girls are whistling. Yeah. You know, yeah. and uh, everyone's cheering and they're going yeah. crazy. His nickname is The Machine. He has a, a whole story. I'm not going to say it, obviously, because it's his you know, bit, but you can yeah. find it on yeah. YouTube. And uh, so, you know, he takes his shirt off and, and he kind of looks around at these guys taking their shirt off and he just goes, well, I'll allow it. 
So the whole night, there's three guys, you know, <laughs> with their shirt off, and you know, it, it's just a great time. I mean, live comedy. Um, there's something to be said about being able to command a room and tell jokes and make people laugh. I know you, your your father once told you, you know, that's yeah. one of the top, you know, three things to live yeah. in life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is is you know it, to be able to you know say some comedy. Yeah, and I don't know if you really know it, but you know, you know, I was a policeman and things yep. like that back in the day. But I also, you know, that's how I got my start in the advertising world by taking improv lessons. Wow. At uh, I started uh, back in. Uh, uh, what was it? The late '80s, and uh, um, I was actually a, well. I was on uh, well. As a cop, I signed up for the um, when you were in the boardroom or when you were in the squad room. There'd always be a you know before we even had computers, you'd walk up and they'd have all these different guys who were wanted, and you'd look at the burglars and all these different things on these three big rinks. And there was a thing that said looking for officers for uh, to do a, a um, police industrial film for bank robberies. What to, and then it was basically teaching bank employees what to do. So I was like, oh my God, I can do this. So I signed up. A couple, about a couple weeks later, my captain calls me and he goes, Scuff, get in here. I go, what up, Cap? He goes, dude, you're the only one that signed up for this damn thing. He said, you're in charge. Make sure it looks good. I'm like, and otherwise you're going to get your shit kicked out of you if you don't. So I'm like, all right, well, no problem. So I wound up hiring a couple. I told him, I looked, I'm going to have to, if I'm going to do this, I got to have a couple other officers work with me. I'm going to need some days off because, you know, I got to coax them to work with me. He goes, days off? You haven't even started the fucking thing. You need some days off already? Just get the thing done and let me know what you need. So I get out there and I started it. And I wound up, uh, we did this industrial film. And I, to this day, I wish I could have got a hold of it. But uh, um, after after I got done, I just fell in love with the acting portion of it. And I called my sister, and she was dating a guy that was a stage, one of the best friends with the stage manager from Second City in Chicago. And uh, I called her up, and I said, hey, Sandy, I, I just did this great piece, and I, I don't know, I got this actor bug. And she says, duh, I've been telling you, you're funny, and you should be doing this stuff. And I'm like, all right. She says, why don't you come on down to Second City? We went down to Second City. Watched, uh, you know, this after Belushi and Aykroyd and all them left, but they come in and do some guest appearances. But Del Close just came back from Saturday Night Live, so Del Close is one of the top comedy directors in, in the or improv directors in the world. He started, he was at Second City for seven years, then he went to second, then he went uh, to Saturday Night Live with Belushi and Aykroyd and all them, Chevy Chase, and then he came back. And uh, and when he came back, yeah, he had the opportunity to take a lesson or two, and then he left and he went to Improv Olympics which is right over here on you know, Hollywood Boulevard. And uh, I decided to go over there, and uh, I had like the greatest time. And I, I actually tell any kid that's like going to school and wants to learn to be a great salesman or presenter, you need to take improv classes because, I mean, it'll really help you stand up there to crowd. No, absolutely. I took uh, drama two years in high school. Right. Um, and I think it's the exact same. I mean, it's not just about being up front. You get to learn makeup and special effects and all that, but a big part of it is learning lines and yeah. um, it's games. performing. What, what it is, it's games. The first exactly. time I ever went to my first class, it was crazy because I sat there with, uh, you know, we had a row of us, and a guy put a pillow out on a chair, on a, on a stool. And he said, and, he, and then he walked by and he grabbed it and he hit somebody. He said, you're it. And he put it back down. You got to get me before I put the pillow back down. And I actually brought my ex-partner to this thing. And my partner thought I was on, like, are you on drugs? Or what are you doing? You just left the police department? Because that was his life. To yep. go to this class that's going to teach you how to fucking play tag? 
And I said, dude, it's games. You want to learn how to, you know, interact with people as we're doing today, which is, you know, which helped me dramatically. And, and, uh, when I get in a room and I'm doing a sales pitch, uh, you know, for a brand or anything I'm working on and advertising, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's been crucial for my career. No. And I mean, I think, you know, now you're a madman. Yeah. Um, (laughs) you're, you know, you've talked about you know your family's history with crime. You you were a cop, but I had no idea that's how you, you got into there. So, and I know there's plenty more yep. uh, fun stories <laughs> behind that that you've told me that we can definitely share on this podcast. But you know, something I've been staring at here for for quite a while is that shirt. Oh. I love that shirt. Yeah. Where did you get that? So every year I go into uh, I got this in uh, at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, and. Uh, you know, there's a uh, designer there that comes in from uh, Alabama, and he does a pop-up. And what he's really known for is finding, like, old gasoline, you know, like, uh, you know, gas station shirts like this, or T-shirts, or jackets, Western wear, or whatever, and he adds all the embroidery onto it. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's like, I, I saw this, and I fell in love with it, but I also, and I'll have to wear it on one of our next shows, I... Um, I put on this jacket that he had, and it was just incredible, dude. I tell you, it had um, two horseshoes on it. It was like a Western jacket, two horseshoes, and then it had flowers and everything around it, and it, then it has said, shit, damn, fuck, hell. <laughs> <laughs> Underneath it. And I put it on. My partner at the time looked at me, Jeff Suey, and he goes, dude, you have got to buy that jacket. I don't care what you got to do. You got And so it was an XL yep. and it was pretty big on me. And so I gra- I said, you know what? I'm going to buy it. The guy brought it to a tailor. He cut it all up and fit me. Now it fits me like a glove. And awesome. every time I wear that jacket or any of this stuff, but every time I wear that jacket with this hat and a, and a scarf, which I, you know, I'm pretty known for, for wearing, I'll have a guy walk up to me and, uh, and it, the, the line there is stay weird. Right. And in Texas, if you're at South by in Austin, and that's like the highest comp. And when a guy walked up to me, he goes, stay weird. And I was like, and I said, what? The, and they said, what did the guy say to you? I said, he said, stay weird or something like that. And he's like, oh, Jesus, man, that's the biggest compliment you can get in Texas. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, you know, something else that others might seem weird, but I think it, it's pretty exciting is, is you're going to be making some uh, some swag for the Schofield Fran- Schofield's Flowers brand. Yep, yep. Um, coming soon. Um, I've had, you know, I did a test run of some t-shirts, Scope on Scope, which you guys will be all seeing pretty soon. And then I had, uh, I've also, uh, you know, I've been actually, you know, wanted to contribute to a ladies line uh, and to a woman's line of uh, scarves. So because I wear scarves and I was designing a scarf and I was talking to my uh, my creative director, designer, Jay Gedzik out of uh, Vancouver. And I said, you know, Jay, I'd like to go into antique stores and I want to like, uh, you know, grab the best antique scarves I can for men and women and retag them with the Schofield's Flowers logo. I said, can I do that? He goes, absolutely. He says, dude, it's an appreciation to a brand, you know? So I think that, uh, you know, in the next, uh, you know, coming months, uh, well, and then within the next month, we're going to have our uh, shopping store up, and uh, you'll be able to go and buy the Scope on Scope t-shirts, Scope on Flower t-shirts, and, you know, I know you're going to be, you know, tell us about the leather goods, because I just learned today that you're like, you know, if we can get a, um, what is it, a die cut of uh, the logo here? Yeah, so if we can get a little die cut of it, um, you know, I, I my dad, um, who you know, does a lot of leather goods. He's yep. 
yep. a hunter, you know, kind of a, a jack of all trades yep. and some. So I, I learned from him, but um, you know, watched him make quivers for archery, and, and he made me a leather jet ja- ja- vest with uh, interior that has like this cowboy motive in it. Oh, and I everything. love it. Um, and you know, so then from there, you know, there's things that I want that I see online. I'm like, why am I going to pay $40 for this leather good when I can buy a whole sheet of leather for the same cost and make it myself. So started making, uh, wallets and key fobs and, you know, different little, um, trinkets for, uh, leather goods. And when I saw your logo, uh, the scope on scope, I, you know, I looked at it and it goes, if we can shrink this down, get a die cast of it, we could make some really cool, um, leather goods that, you know, I think, you know, people who dress us like us and our friends and and people that are into the things we're into, you know, might really appreciate. So, um, we're going to start making a few test runs once we get that die made. And, um, you know, obviously that'll be up on the Schofields Flowers website for uh, purchase. Oh, I can't even wait to see it. You know, when I was with my buddy a couple weeks ago, uh, Jeffrey Plansker, he was, uh, showing me the wallets that he was having sent in, uh, from uh, London and I mean they were like the longer wallets like I happen to see yours on the desk here Yep, and I was just like, you know, so when I was having drinks with him I was like, you know pulled out my you know my wallet my guess your little yeah. bifold Yeah, my little bifold and I'm like, uh, and then he pulled out his wallet, which is like Just beautiful, you know, and I'm like does it bother you? You know with going in your place goes no 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 because the true leather is gonna like you know, mold around you and it's going to be fantastic. So, and everything I'm going to make is going to be natural leather, not going to be stained or dyed anything. So as it wears, it's going to take on a natural patina. Um, it'll kind of age with you like a fine whiskey. (laughs) Well, thank you. So, yeah, I guess, you know, at the conclusion here, you know, we'd like to tell all our, uh, you know, fans, viewers and everything to pay attention to our, uh, you know, our Instagram, our YouTube channel, our Facebook channel. And And thank you guys for joining in again for another week of the podcast. Be sure to uh, subscribe to YouTube and to iTunes. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at Schofields Flowers. And uh, be sure to comment on your favorite part about this week's episode, and we'll give away one of our Scof on Scof t-shirts again like we have in the past uh, two episodes. Yeah, and I'd like to thank uh, Caravan Outpost once again for being our sponsor, and uh, we'll be also uh, giving away a one-night uh, free stay at uh, Caravan Outpost in Ojai, and uh, and uh, I can't tell you how, uh, how beautiful it'll be there in the fall. I can't even, you know, I might have to join you, if, uh, depending if uh, you're the right person. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll see you guys again next week. Yep. Tune in. All right. Thank you.